Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. I'm Danny V, and here with me as co-host is one of Somerset Storyfest sponsors, publisher James Layton from Larrikin House. Thanks for having me, Danny. I might Again, regret it. You will regret it. <laughs> we are coming to you live from Somerset Storyfest, and here I have with me the magnificent patron, Jacqueline Harvey. Hello. Do you like that pause there? I do. It's a dramatic effect. (laughs) How are you feeling about Somerset Story Fest this year? It's been amazing so far. It's been absolutely magnificent. It's certainly, I think, the biggest festival I've ever attended. Uh, I think this is the eighth time I've done a full festival, which is amazing. So I started 19 years ago, just showing how old I am now. Um, And, yeah, I remember being here the first time and being quite um intimidated uh I, I sat in the in the signing tent between andy griffiths and andrew Detto and, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and looked at their lines that went for miles and miles and miles and i was this newbie with like one book out or something and so um yeah so it's been quite the journey and and absolutely wonderful to you know be back again and you know to be the patron of story fest is the most incredible honor yeah. how the tables have turned because it's you with the <laughs> yeah, lines, the, lines and the, big, the big signing stacks oh, going on yeah. well, it's, it's very humbling you know but you know you write 53 books you, you hope yourself <laughs> what was that first book that you came with? uh so in if it was 2004 i probably had two books out by that stage and it was part of a series um, that part of a series called the Codename Series, which is no longer imprinted. Uh, and I have to say that I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> so my brand has, uh, I have improved, I believe I have improved as a writer and uh, and I definitely have a different kind of brand approach these days. Mm. Yeah. I see your readers in the bookshop being really excited, seeing your rows and rows of books and then coming up and you know getting them signed and being so excited to meet you. What is it that resonates with the readers about your work? Uh, I think, you know, from hearing from the, the kids, they love the characters. They mm. they really love the characters and they love, uh, particularly the Alice Miranda readers, they talk about how they love that I take her on different adventures all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so um, quite a lot of the kids tell me, oh, I learned this about, you know, Paris or I learned this about New York or, um, and I think, so that's, that's a big thing for them. Kenzie and Max readers love the mystery and the intrigue. And again, the fact that it's set in different places. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, and the pets, like uh, Clementine Rose has, has a teacup pig. Well, who doesn't want one of those? <laughs> doesn't want a and uh, pig. now with Willow and Wolf, you know, um, I think the fact that Willow, Willow is a very relatable child. So she's, you know, she's the kid that lives in the cul-de-sac on the, in the suburb by the beach. I mean, she's me as a kid, except, you know, I grew up in the southwestern suburbs of Sydney, not by the beach. But, you know, she's kind of very relatable, I think, to lots of kids. Mm. Something that makes me curious about your work, Jack, is... Um, 
You said 53 books. I'd say, what, 95% of those, that's just three series, Clementine, Kenzie. Yep, and Alice Miranda, Alice, yep. You've got, what's, 20 in Alice Miranda? Yep. 15 Clementine Roses, and soon, uh, on the 3rd of May, 10 Kenzie and Max's wow. So is that intentional in the sense that we're going to keep going as far as we can with these series? Like, is there an end to that, or is there... Do they all work as well? Because there's all often a diminishing series. You hear a lot about the diminishing yes. series. Books one and two go okay, and then they diminish yeah, from there. But fall off what have you? <laughs> yeah, what have you found with your series? Um, I well, Kenzie and Max. I'm doing ten, and and I'm doing ten. Yeah, so okay. the big story arc. There's been this sort of overarching mystery the whole way through. So each each book is a self-contained mystery, but there's been this one thing about who is basically trying to kill the family the whole way. And so in this 10th book, we find that out. So we've decided to bring Kenzie and Max to the sort of end of its natural life there. But we have talked about, you know, doing a Kenzie and Max reboot, um, mm. you know, Kenzie and Max 2.0. And I was talking to some kids today and it was an idea that popped into my head the other a few weeks ago. And I thought, what if I wrote Kenzie and Max when they're grown up and it's Ooh. their kids that Ooh. are now, you know, run, you know, involved. So just, a, just so, an idea, like a yeah. spin-off. Um, Clementine Rose is finished at 15, but then I left that series with her with a baby sister. And so <laughs> Clara Grace could potentially have her own series. Um, and Alice Miranda kind of just keeps going on and on. And I, I'm actually doing number 21 at the moment. Um, I think I'll take a break from that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the beauty of these series is that they still seem to find a new audience constantly mm, mm, mm. and so i know what you're saying about you know the diminishing returns mm. and you know i think certainly the the last books particularly because they came out in the pandemic mm. they haven't been as big but now that i'm back out on the circuit mm. they're the books that the kids are going oh i didn't know that yeah. i didn't know that one was out and so they would go and buy those ones so yeah it's been really interesting and i think it's quite um unusual in a way to have yeah. a series you know to be writing series that can go that far yeah. and you know willow and wolf i've got four out for those yeah. now and i've just signed up number seven and eight so wow. you know i can yeah. see willow being a series that would sort yeah. of keep going yeah. Yeah. um yeah so it's interesting and, and even picture books i've got um i've got a picture book series coming out and i've signed three in a picture book yeah. series yeah. and you know, I, I don't know, I just like, I obviously like series books. And when I was a kid, I really loved reading, yeah. you know, Trixie yeah. Belden and yeah. um, I loved The Famous Five and those sorts of things. So I think it must be just in my nature. Mm. Although I am doing a standalone middle grade. Oh. <laughs> so, well, you okay. say standalone yeah. now, next minute. Oh, no, definitely <laughs> I am going to do a standalone. Right. I've just decided okay. that that's, that's something I'm going to do. Awesome. So. <laughs> But I like how the books also they age up, so you can grab a book of yours, and then when you you know get a bit older, then you grab another series yep. of yours, and then another series of yours. So I like that you can just keep those readers as they keep going. Yeah, through. and I think that's unusual too. And and recently, so my wonderful editor who was working across basically everything of mine, she has um, she just um, left recently, and when they were trying to replace my one lovely Lindsay. Um, I now have three editors. So I have one who's doing the picture books, one oh. who's doing Willow and Wolf, and one who's doing the older stuff. How's that? It's it's really good, actually. I love all of them are fantastic. Um, and, but it's just, you know, it's a different way to work for yeah. me. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. How do you go with the editing process? I actually, I enjoy editing. Uh, I know lots of people don't, but I, 
I like being able to make it better. Mm. And I love when I get uh, that first structural notes back. And I think, you know, and sometimes you look at it and you know, oh no, <laughs> oh no, I have to do this. But it's, you know, I get over myself fairly quickly. I'm, I'm quite good at taking advice. And I, I think because I've always wanted, I always wanted an editor who would help me be better, who would, who would focus me and try and, yeah. you know, make my work as good as it can be. And so, yeah, I quite enjoy the editing process. I think the most successful prolific people like yourself are those people who say, I want to make my work better. Yep. You know, I can take all the feedback as hard as and annoying as it is. <laughs> I want my work to be as best as it can be. And I find that everyone who thinks that way seems to have quite a successful career. Yeah, yeah. I think you can't be precious. Mm. You know, if you, for me, I always think, well, you know, if, if someone's seeing that differently, then, then why are they seeing that differently? Mm -hmm. And let me look at that from a different perspective. And yeah, I mean, if there's something in the book that I really, really want in there, I will fight for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say, nope, that's not coming out. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really glad I actually had an example of that. Um, last week I was reading, I was doing, recording the audiobooks for Willow and Wolf number three and four. And my sound engineer, Jason, who is just this lovely young man, I was sitting in the booth and I turned around at one stage and I could see he was just about on the floor laughing. <laughs> and it was, it was actually a joke that, my editor had suggested I take oh. out and I fought for it. And I was like, yes, I fought for this to yeah, stay yeah, in. No. And Jason, anyway, I started laughing and he was laughing and I told him, he's like, no, that's hilarious. So yeah, I, was, I felt quite vindicated for myself. It's about knowing the hills to die. Not all of that, that's all right. that one. Exactly. I've, I've said that to editors that work for us. I said, yep. our brand is fun quirky. Do not remove the fun. Exactly. Even if it's offensive, we can work on it. <laughs> Do not remove it. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, it. Pick your battles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's, I think it's really important though. And we want to make kids laugh, yes. you know, we want it to be, you want some brevity in your things, you know, in the things that you write. Yeah. Can't all be serious. Yeah, absolutely. What's been the highlight for you with this festival so far? Oh, um, lots of highlights with kids that I've met, um, particularly older children. You know, yesterday I had a couple of girls come up to me and they were both 17. And they just said, oh my goodness, you know, we didn't like reading until we discovered Alice Miranda wow. when we were in primary school. And, you know, they were just, I love those moments where you, where you actually realize that what you do has had an impact mm. on someone's life. Mm. Um, and it's very humbling for kids, you know, to hear kids say that. And, you know, I never imagined in my life that, you know, I, I loved, you know, I loved reading as a child and there were real heroes of mine, also heroes of mine, but I never met them. And, you know, I, I never knew how you would even meet them. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, now for me to be that person for somebody else is mm -hmm. just the most incredibly humbling experience mm -hmm. and such a joy. Um, I guess the other thing that I absolutely love about this festival is catching up with my mates and yeah. seeing um, <laughs> seeing authors and, and illustrators and meeting new authors and illustrators yeah. who I haven't ever had anything to do with before. Um, and I, as well, because um, I guess because of my role as the patron, being able to work with the, the Story Fest um, with the board and have opportunities to talk to them about ideas and, you know, potential ways that they can even expand further, um, that that's always a fun challenge, I think. So expand yeah. this festival further. We'll yeah. literally take over the world. Oh, <laughs> they're big plans. Big plans. <laughs> world domination. I'm plans. Always up for some world domination. Absolutely. I love that idea that you said being on the circuit helps you find new audience and 
keeps things alive. So, you know, and then with Alice Miranda, what is that, 178 countries? So what's country 178, <laughs> Alice Miranda 178? Yeah, I don't know. Where is are she, we going? Yeah, where can she go next? Um, yeah, I don't know where she'll... Um, I'm, I'm going to France later this year. She has been to Paris, but she's never been to the Côte d'Azur or the, mm. <laughs> you know, the, the country Riviera. Yeah, so uh, or possibly, you know, she can, she can go somewhere. Fantastic. Yeah. I love that so much. I ask this question all the time, Jack, but I think it changes as you know as you evolve as a writer why do you write well I couldn't not write I just couldn't not do it I just um there's so many stories inside my head and I'm always coming up with new things and I often you know I can um you know the picture book series that I'm working on at the moment it came about because I was sitting in my study and I was literally so where I where I work um I can see all these paddocks right and there's often lots of flocks of sheep in the paddocks and I watched these sheep for, you know, I'd look up and I'd see them, they'd be scattered all over the field. And it's almost like the sheep, you know, a certain hour of the day, they'd go, hey, hey guys, spread this around, we're going for a run. Spread it around, <laughs> spread it around, off you go, come on, come on, going for a run. Anyway, they would all literally take off and run and they would find themselves in a corner of the paddock. And then I imagine them all looking at each other going, so why'd we do that? What was that about? <laughs> and there was always one sheep that was left on their own. And I started calling that sheep Kevin. <laughs> and so a story was born out of me watching sheep from my office. I love um, that. Yeah, so I'm, I think I'm one of those people. I've never lost for an idea. Well, stories are everywhere. You've just proven that. Stories are everywhere. You know, last night I dreamt that my parents got a new pet and it was so vivid. I walked into my parents' house and I said, oh, so what did you get? And a huge lioness walked towards me. Oh. Watch this space. I, know. I was like, what am I dreaming about? My parents getting a lion for a, for a for new pet. So, yeah, clearly I have a very overactive imagination. Which we had is another cool. author yesterday in one of the podcasts. So um, lines and characters in this, like, yeah, Louise Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll wake up with a good, really good thought for something, and I always have a, a notebook by the bed or my mm. phone, and I quickly put yeah. some notes in the phone because if you don't, often you don't remember. But I, did, I remembered honestly last night's dream that was like you know full full color vision. It was. <laughs> it's fantastic though. It just means your imagination is working even when you're asleep, and your subconscious yeah. and stories are always coming to you. So Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. Love speaking to you all the time, and it's been great to hang out with you it's as well. Been. Uh, Absolute pleasure. I love you guys to bits. <laughs>